do this. Let's talk about talk. Well, hello there, Talk About Talk listeners. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Thanks for listening. Talk About Talk is where you can learn to communicate more effectively so you can do better at work and improve your relationships with everyone around you. If you go to talkabouttalk.com, you'll see the full archive of all the communication skills topics that we've covered in the podcasts and in the email blogs. Today's episode is focused on networking. No, I do not mean growing your social media network. Today, we're talking about establishing relationships with various people as a means to advance your career progression and ultimately your success. This is a skill that we all know is necessary, but that many of us loathe. I remember in business school, there was this common theme that I kept hearing about how important it was to be a, quote, good networker. What do you think of when you think of networking? For many of us, we think of painfully boring cocktail parties or maybe emailing people to invite them out for coffee, right? Ugh. Well, I have great news. In today's episode, you'll learn some do's and don'ts that will help you not only survive, but thrive at networking. And this is relevant for absolutely everyone, including you. Whether you're starting your career, or maybe you're well-established. Whether you're looking for a new job, or maybe you could use some help with your hobby or a side hustle. Or maybe you're looking for a nanny or a plumber. Or maybe you're looking for advice, or simply to stretch your brain. Here's the thing. The stronger your network, the more access you have to all of these things. And as you'll hear from our guest expert, Sharon Ma Jin, networking is a lifelong skill. It never stops. Perhaps not so randomly, I met Sharon through a work-related group that we both belong to. She is highly networked. She's a go-getter with lots of energy, as you'll hear. She's also a successful executive recruiter. In this episode, you'll learn, as I said, important do's and don'ts for networking. Specifically, I want to prime you to listen to Sharon's advice for insights about an effective networking mindset, about networking in real life at events, and about the significance of LinkedIn. So how about I introduce Sharon now, and we'll get into the interview right away. I'll summarize the main learnings at the very end, and you don't need to take notes because the summary and the transcript are all available in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. Sharon Majin earned her commerce degree from Queens, and she's a CPA and CA. She worked in auditing and as a controller before switching to executive search in 1996, when she started at Corn Ferry International. During her tenure at Corn Ferry, she led several practice areas, including healthcare, professional services, industrial, and consumer and retail. Sharon's now an independent executive recruiter, having successfully completed engagements in all functional areas, including sales, marketing, operations, HR, general management, and financial. Sharon's also served on several boards, and she's now working with the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards program. To keep her out of trouble in her spare time, Sharon is an avid skier and hiker, and she's completed several half marathons. And she has a lot of energy, and as you will hear, she's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Sharon, to talk about networking. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. My first question is with regards to context. Can you define networking for us, please? 
Absolutely. You can Google it and you'll find hundreds of definitions, but I've always tried to keep things simple. From my perspective, networking is the same thing as reciprocality. What do I mean by that? Networking is a mutual exchange of information, contacts, ideas, and you've, it's give and take. It's not about scorekeeping. Like if I invite you to dinner 10 times, I expect you to invite me to dinner for 10 times. It is about, you know, giving something back in return, like reciprocal. And if you think about it, that is how the world works. And then the number one key thing I say about networking is when I'm coaching, coaching executives or young university students and, they, and I say, what is it about networking that you're so afraid of? And they go, well, I feel like I'm begging. And I'm going, excuse me, that is totally wrong. True networking, it's not about you. It's about how can I help you? In other words, help the other person. That is what I would consider to be true networking. Nicely put. So when you refer to networking in terms of reciprocality, you're inferring that there is value that is being exchanged. Correct. Right? Yes. So what could the value be or the benefits? Great question. That could be an exchange in terms of a job lead. It could be in terms of which courses I should be taking at school. It could be about who do you think is the best company you've ever worked for or the, the, the best school you've attended or even the best professor. So it's really soliciting feedback that can be helpful to you in terms of your career, your personal life. I mean, even something as simple as finding a plumber for your house. Like, isn't it great? Like, don't we all do that? Or a housekeeper or, or, or a nanny. We're always asking our friends or trusted, you know, friends, family, like, who do you, who would you refer? Right. That's networking. It is networking. I hear people, when I was thinking about this topic, I hear people almost complaining about networking, like, gosh, I really need to get out there and network more. Or one of my goals for 2020 is to be a better networker. Why is it so important for us to be networking? When I'm coaching executives or I'm interviewing them, and I always ask them, take me through your various jobs. How did you go from one job to a next? And a lot of times it's because a colleague told me about it. An ex-boss hired me, you know, et cetera. So it is through the network because the reality is that there are so many people out there. So how do you differentiate yourself? You differentiate yourself through the network that someone out there is saying, I know you, or I'm happy to help you or to refer you. And it works both ways. Right. Research shows that it's typically within your network is the way that you find your next job, right? Absolutely. Could be a friend of a friend. Yes, absolutely. There's a great book I'd highly advise everyone to read called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrari. It's like great, easy book to read, but it's on networking. I have to admit, I have seen it. I have not read it, but I definitely will based on your recommendation. I send it out to CEOs. I send it out to young university kids. It's a really fun read and it really breaks things down in terms of very simple terms. Can you share with us any stories about people who are great at networking? Sure. The great networker are the ones who really, if you watch them in a room, they have a natural friendliness about them. They're easily approachable. You'll see them walking around the room, talking to people, like two to three people at a time, maybe spending anywhere from five to eight minutes. And when they're exiting, they'll say, it was wonderful meeting you. And then you, you probably want to meet some other people and then they move on to the next person. So there's, those are people who are just really natural. They're, it's really about how can I help you? And if you listen to them speak, this is what's really critical. Yeah. It's never about them. It's mm. always, studies have shown that if I were to meet you at a cocktail party and I said, 
hi, my name's Sharon Margin. I'm an executive search. And then I'd say, oh, and, and you'd introduce yourself. And what do you do? And you said, well, I, I'm, I was a former professor and I do talk about talk. I go, oh, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about that. And then I'd ask you another question about, say, I, I even asked you three questions. And yet if you got pulled away and someone came up to you and said, Andrea, what did you think about Sharon? You say, wow, she's great. And yet if we watched a video of it, not once did I talk about myself because the reality is people like to talk about themselves. I don't know if you watched Oprah Winfrey in yeah. her very last episode in terms of TV. She talked about, I have interviewed over 100,000 people from convicts to royalty to kings to CEOs. And what is the one thing that I found that every single person wants? They want to know, I see you. I hear you and what you say matters. I think I remember. Yes, exactly. That. So that's what it's all about. And that's why, you know, in another great book, you know, Dale Carnegie, How to Win and Influence People. You know, it's been around for many, many years, but he talks about the same idea that people enjoy talking about stuff. That's why your name is very important. That's why people really, they don't like it if you get their name wrong. And that's why if you, when you're doing it on some networking, you say their name three times, there's that actual connection it helps in terms of the networking. You see them and you value them. So right. that's another technique that one might use in terms of networking. I've heard that that is the number one favorite word for most people is their own name. Although they would never say that if you ask them directly, right? Well, that's so, that, that's yeah. so interesting because yeah. that's like, well, I didn't know that, but yeah. I just know that just from my readings and from my own experience. Yeah. I wonder if there's research like with an MRI or something where they could prove that. I bet they could. I bet you, you know what? <laughs> I bet you they could. What about stories about people who fail at networking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure have some great ones. There's a lot. And I coached this one individual who I had placed at a company. He was a fantastic individual, but networking really wasn't his thing. And this is actually probably a great story that can be shared and a lot of people can learn. But this was an individual who I placed who I had a lot of respect for. He was leaving a company and we had to talk about networking. So his idea of networking was to go out and phone people he knew, which was fine. But my idea of effective networking, because there's only 24 hours a day, is to network in terms of groups, associations, industry events, etc. Mm. So there was an event that was going on, and I asked them to attend it with me. And I said, I could show you how to go about networking. And I said, plus, I know that five people there know you from your previous role, and it's a great chance for you to touch them very quickly. And he said, well, no, Sharon, I, I, I can't make it. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, I have a meeting. I said, well, who's it with? He goes, oh, it's with the outplacement firm. I said, you absolutely can reschedule that meeting. This breakfast meeting, you must come with me. And I said, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so is going to be there. And I said, have you contacted them? He goes, well, yes. He says, I called two of those people. And I said, when? He said, a week ago. Have they gotten back to you? No. I said, that's because they're busy. They're busy executives. So... He came with me to so reschedule the other meeting. He came with me to the event. I took him around and I introduced him around and said, you know, hi, nice to see you. I want to introduce you to Mr. X. You know what I mean? He's actually a seasoned CFO who's looking for his next role, you know, etc. So he could see how I was doing it. Then we found the people that I knew he would know because we both knew them. Yep. And sure enough, they, hi, how are you? They reconnected and stuff. And when it came to time to say goodbye, I saw him in the corner with one of the other individuals. And I thought, hmm, that looks promising. Yeah. And sure enough, 
that was his next role. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And he's doing, and I just had dinner with him in January. He's been there now three years. He's so happy. He keeps thanking me every single time, <laughs> but he saw firsthand how networking is, mm. the importance of it. And that's where he landed his role. I feel like that was an I told you so moment, but I'm sure you had the grace <laughs> to not say it, right? I didn't say it, but, but he did. <laughs> he knew it. Yeah, he knew it. He did. He did. Another great story is another CEO that I had. She was having a tough time finding a job. And I remember this one vividly. She was sort of depressed. But, you know, that happens. It's sometimes yeah. hard for a CEO or right. senior level person or even a young person. It's a big part of yes, our identity, to, to, right? to find a job. Mm-hmm. At, at that time, I was helping out with a conference. And I said, well, I have a pass here for a conference. It's worth $600, but I have a few left that I could gift to you. But the promise here is that you cannot just go for two hours. You have to attend the whole conference because you're going to feel like only going for two hours. And I want you to network. You, you know who the speakers are. I guarantee you. And it's every 30 minutes. And I guarantee you that that speaker will be in the audience. So you have the right to go up to that person because that's what conferences are for or cocktail parties to go up to that person. So sure enough, she met an individual. And she got a role. And she sent me a case of wine to say thank you. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for the conference ticket and the job. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So that's another example. So to be honest, from a networking, it's hard to ask people to meet you for an hour or like meet me for coffee. The reality is that the world is a very busy place right now. So I always talk about efficient I don't, but it is, it's efficient networking. So those, those are your cocktail parties. Like when I go to events that hour or hour before, usually it's the hour before versus the hour after because a lot of people rush off because right. of the go train. Right. That hour before is precious. You can touch a whole bunch of people and you just need to touch high level. You'll feel if there's a connection or not. Then you're going to ask them for their card. Or what I often do is I link in right away because I find LinkedIn very powerful mm. in terms of networking because there's a picture of them, so I remember them. I, and I actually will say, great meeting you at this dinner or yeah. at this conference. Yeah. And now I have a record of so that next time when I'm meeting you, I can look and go, oh, yeah, I met her at this event. You know what I mean? Etc. So on the weekend, I was on a Zoom conference call with, I think, about 25 podcasters. Okay. And about two hours after the meeting, I got a LinkedIn request from someone who was on the call. And I thought, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that is. So so that's one really great strategy. And LinkedIn is the way to go, by the way. If any of you out there in the audience don't have a LinkedIn account, you must have one. Ten years ago, from a search perspective, I would say 10% of the people had LinkedIn because they felt was you only were on there if you were looking for a job. Right. That's what people say. I, I have heard people say that who aren't on it. They say only people that need jobs are on LinkedIn. And I said, uh, That I was so. the case before. Yeah. But that is really untrue now. Why? I would say that now 99% of the people are on LinkedIn. And even if you only have one contact you're on LinkedIn. And the reason for that is that is the way business is done now. And it's not just about looking for a job. If you're in sales, how wonderful, like the most valuable part of of that is that mutual connections. So you might be looking up someone and going, wow, we have 10 mutual connections. You'll look at those 10 mutual connections and it just helps you accelerate the process that we used to do more on an informal basis where Right. right away when you walk in, hey, I see that you and I know Andrea. And, and then right away, it becomes a warm call. Well, how do you know her? La, la, la. We went to school together, etc. So right away, you now have a point. And you bet you, if I'm interested in doing business with you or if I value Andrea, I'm thinking, well, if that person knows Andrea and Andrea knows her, this person must be very credible, trustworthy, etc. 
it's not just about jobs. It's about, I mean, it's a lot of different things. Like the world has changed a lot. Yeah. And absolutely with LinkedIn, I yeah. cannot, you know, LinkedIn, resumes, you, you can do different versions, but LinkedIn, just a quick pointers here. That first little piece of it, there's only a certain number of words, but that's where you can be warm. It's really writing your story. And that's what really people read. And then they very quickly can see where you've worked and see your mutual connections. And then if you really want to be active, you can tie podcasts into it and all sorts of video and stuff like that. But um, it's even changed our world in terms of search. Like the whole mid-market and recruiting has probably gone a lot because right. now people bring it in-house and hire some junior recruiters who basically work the LinkedIn. They mine LinkedIn. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's got pros and cons because yeah. I see it from the side where they try it. They don't get it done. There is something to be said for looking at people, not just what's on paper, but cutting through right. some of the stuff that even though they held this job, you know, they might have. You've got to look at the total picture. Where do they go to school? Mm -hmm. Some of the mm -hmm. companies, we understand the cultures, like the skills that they might have developed from there. That's really impacted our industry for sure. Building on the LinkedIn, I guess, and, and the associations and, and everything else that we've been talking about, can you share with us what some of the most important things to keep in mind are in terms of networking, particularly at different stages of our career? So maybe start with younger folk. Yes. So number one, I'm going to say, networking, you do it the rest of your life. You start from as, as quickly as you, you know people. You can even start when you're in your teens and it continues the rest of your life. You never stop networking. So let's start with the youngsters. Like we'll start with the, the university kids, right? Sure. You finish graduating or you're almost getting close to graduating. You need an internship, etc. Should they have a LinkedIn page? Absolutely. Because that's the first thing I'm going to look. You know at. what I have to tell you about two weeks ago, I sat down with my teenage son and we created a LinkedIn page and that was prompted by his peers connecting with me on LinkedIn. And I said to him, buddy, you need to step it up. He's a teenager. Yeah. yeah. How old? 16. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. You need a LinkedIn page. And in that LinkedIn page, because you don't have a lot of experience, you can talk about different activities, sports, or any leadership roles. At the end of the day, companies hire you for three things. They're going to hire you because you, you're going to help them make money, save money, or help them solve an issue. So if you're young in your career, we get it that you don't have the experience. So we're hiring for the soft skills. Can they learn? Are they going to be reliable? Are they a hard worker? Mm -hmm. Do they have a positive attitude? Do they have a smile on their face? Mm -hmm. That's what we're hiring for. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about joining associations. I, lo I love that, that yes. kind of explicit recommendation yes. to go out and join associations Correct. and then get out there in real life and meet the people. And I'm thinking, not only are you meeting people, but you're also giving yourself a line to put on LinkedIn or your resume, right? Correct. So it's, it's like correct. doubly efficient. Right. So if you are interested in finance, there's the finance association at all the universities, right? Mm -hmm. Take a leadership role in it. So I often say to people, when you do this, like I, I've, I have, I've done a few of these seminars like on how to build a very successful professional services practice. So whether you're a consultant or a lawyer or an accountant, right? And one of the advice that I gave one individual is I said, okay, so what sector do you want to work in? So she said, okay, association. So I said, okay, you're going to go join the association that holds these conferences for the association, but you're not just going to join. You're going to take a leadership role in it. And in that leadership role, you become the president or vice president, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And you're going to attend all the events and you're going to go and you're just going to talk to people, not about yourself, but just have an interest because you like that sector anyways. And then from there, 
it's about likability in professional services because you're selling a service. Uh, so it's the same thing in networking because you are actually selling yourself, aren't you, in, in, in networking? You're not selling your product in networking. What about when people are more advanced in their career? It could be mid-career or even towards the end of their career. Yes. I know from observation, actually, looking around at some of my peers and people that are a little bit older, I feel like people get a little comfortable, right? Yes. In terms of their networking, they have their buddies yeah, they have they their one sport that they do, right? They do. They do you do. have any advice for, for older people as they're networking? Absolutely. Get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. Go out and learn. Because you know what? The world is changing a lot. You know, 75% of the jobs that, that our children's kids children's kids are going to have have not even been invented yet mm -hmm. artificial intelligence data analytics i look at some grandparents the two-year-olds know how to use the ipad to call grandma and granddad like a two-year-old like right. you know they know what button to push so you don't push yourself out of your comfort zone sure it's great to have people that you've known but having people that are younger or be a mentor to them that, that's a nice segue right there. Start coaching and giving back and being a mentor to those who are younger. Share uh, your experience because you're going to learn from them too. That's right. It works both ways. Remember, right. networking is mutually beneficial. Right. It's not a one-way street. Right. So that's what And be, then that's also great advice to give the younger people. Like, don't forget you're offering to them yes. what the younger folk are doing. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Nicely put. What are the biggest mistakes that people make when they're trying to network? Back to that person that's, oh, this is the year I'm going to get out there and network. Right. What are some mistakes that people make? I see it all the time. Like, for example, this is a, a bit of a pet peeve for me from a search perspective. When someone calls me up or sends me an email and says, hi, I'm looking for my next job. And I was wondering if you could give me an hour of your time so we could talk about the market. I actually almost feel that that's an insult to think that I have nothing better to do than to sit there for an hour with a random stranger to talk about the market. So in other words, what's in it for me? Right. So like, it's back to the reciprocality. You got right. it. It, it, it. it is. And so it's people who do that or where they sit there and they think all they're supposed to do mm. is talk about themselves mm. and what their needs are. Or when they say, hi, could you introduce me like to some people? And I'm going, oh, I wow. don't even That's know gutsy. who you are. So, so you're reminding me of some of my brilliant friends who maybe have been laid off or quit a job and they really aren't sure what they want to do next. And they'll start doing what I'm sure you've heard of as information interviews. Correct. What are you offering to someone when you are seeking an information interview? Usually the information interviews are usually done with people through a referral because that's furthermore why you should be networking or because you have something to offer them. And that goes back again to the reciprocality, right? So in other words, when someone is asking, for example, for me to do an information interview, I look at it and I go, hmm, MBA from Harvard, McKinsey, et cetera. So I'm thinking pretty bright person, probably, probably be fun to talk. So I might do that. Or where I really tend to do a lot of my information interviews is through a referral, like so and so. So you're actually doing someone else a favor. Exactly, which is mm -hmm. networking. So it's leveraging that network again. It is. Got it. Which goes back to the networking. And you know why? It's because the reality is, and I, I get a lot of people who are, you know, frustrated, who are, who are unemployed, and they go like, no one's getting back to me, and la, la, la. And I'm going, mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. When you were gainfully employed, working full time, I'm sure you must have done or had a few of these requests, correct? 
And they say yes. And I go, mm-hmm. So after you did that information interview, or I'm assuming it's because someone asked you to do it, and they go, in all cases, yes, yeah. like either a boss or a friend or whatever. How much did you think about that person after that? Well, I really didn't. And I said, so it's not personal. It's yeah. just that people are busy. Right, and there's people only are busy. T- and there's 24 hours in a day. And the reality is most people are busier than they ever have been. So it's not personal. Mm-hmm. So what I often suggest to them is, Within the outplacement firm, and there's different groups of unemployed people, take that as an opportunity to network because the reality is that you're a very highly accomplished individual, but you have the luxury of time now. So you're frustrated. And so why don't you network with some other people? Because the reality is those relationships will continue after you land your next role. That's brilliant. It's also a great place to start. It feels like a safe place to start. Exactly. And so they go, oh, And I said, think about that, right? Because you all have the luxury of time. And then what a lot of them will say to me is, wow, Sharon, you're right. And when I land, I'm going to be extra sensitive to this, like Uh, in terms of... Takes one to know one. Exactly. So you have to go through the experience, right? To understand that. Really, true network is, well, how can I help you? And I can really see the people who come up with that mindset. Mm -hmm. They're positive Mm -hmm. and and you have to be genuine. You cannot fake it. Fake networking, you cannot... (laughs) but so you have to be genuine it truly is read that book never eat alone by keith ferrari authenticity you got it absolutely critical people people know especially at the senior levels they know and i think even you know if you've got high emotional intelligence you can pick them out right so what do you do to network so what i do (laughs) is i i really try to get out to as many events so if i'm in an industry sector so say life sciences i will go to their gala in February, because in that gala, they had the Lifetime Achievement Award, they have the Volunteer of the Year Award, they have the Company of the Year Award, and they have the Social Responsibility Award. So frankly, anyone who's going to be anyone, especially with the Lifetime Achievement Award, is going to be there, right? Mm. In Company of the Year. So in that cocktail party, there's usually about 600 people. I can just quickly touch base with a lot of people very quickly. And so sometimes they'll pull me and say, Sharon, Sharon, I'm looking for my job. I go, okay, I'll catch up with you later. Or mm-hmm. Sharon, we may have a search. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, I'll catch up with you later. But it's just a great way to be seen so that I, again, top of mind. Right. right? And then. it's Sorry to interrupt, but it's yeah. almost like brand resonance, right? Correct. Like, the brands are out there. They're in our face. They're on our computers. They're on billboards. They're in magazines. They're across yeah. different media. Right. And it's almost like yeah. you're selling your personal brand out there and you're trying to increase or maximize exposure absolutely the network and that's why you have to be out there you can't hide behind your computer and that's why to be honest with you andrea there are very few female partners in law firms cpa firms even like management consulting firms because a lot of it requires you know sitting on committees or attending a lot of events which are usually in the evenings, Mm -hmm. right? If you're the female and you have a family, you know, you can't do that as much as say the males. Right. Males right. do. So that's it's slowly why, changing, but it's definitely still but that's a big force. still yeah. well, that's one of the biggest reasons huh. why you don't have that, because you have to be out there right. at all sorts of events. And ideally in a leadership role. Right. So that, you know, you can uh, be a sponsor for it if you want. That's the easier way of doing it. But even as a sponsor, you should be at that event. I've gone to events where there's been a major sponsor. And there was nobody there from that company. <laughs> That's true, I have to. And I'm going, oh my goodness. And then the other thing I pass on to you is, so say you're a guest 
you know, at a table or I'm hosting a table. What I often do is I will provide to all my guests, you know, two or three days, nothing earlier than that, because you'll get lost in the emails. I will actually provide a name of all the guests at the table with the company name. And so it's on you if you're smart to Google or and look up their LinkedIn and sort of figure out what they do. And if it's someone that you want to meet, make sure you either sit next to them or at least when they're at your table, you know, make sure you approach because you know a little bit about them. Because the reality is when you sit down at that table of 10, usually it's the person to the right and the left. The other people introduce themselves, yeah. but you don't really know what they do. Mm. So that is another... You're a great hostess. Yeah so, <laughs> I all, yeah, so I always do that. And people, you know, really thank me yeah. for it. And then the other thing is, certainly from a networking, if you are hosting an event or you're at an event with a bunch of colleagues from work, please don't hang out together or sit together. I mean, another pet peeve, when I'm at a table and half the table is from the Bank of Montreal, I go, oh my gosh, like, really? Like, you don't have anything else better to do? Like, this is an opportunity, like one person at each table and talk and engage. Like, it's, to me, it's a wasted networking opportunity. Right, right. Again, getting out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Not just chit-chatting with your besties, but actually meeting new people. So the most efficient way of networking really is getting out and attending whether it be conferences mm. or cocktail parties mm. or galas, industry events, Any kind et cetera. Of group event. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a lot easier than doing it one-on-one. Yeah. It's asking someone can have an hour of your time yeah, that's or true. even 20 minutes, like really 20 minutes for coffee. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that at a cocktail event. I'm imagining someone listening to this who may be an introvert and or who may be shy and thinking, okay, easy for you to say, but I can't stand the small talk. Do you have any advice for those people? Right. Well, first of all, I keep going back to this. The networking is not about them. So the small talk, it's really about asking the questions of the other person you're meeting. If you're an introvert, it may be tough. So I always say go with a friend because it's always easier uh, if that's the case. Like someone like me, who I'm a huge extrovert. I look, I could walk into a room with 500 people, not know anybody and say, wow, 500 potential new friends, whereas an introvert would go, I'd rather have a root canal than walk into yeah. that room, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, So if you're an introvert, my advice would be go with another friend then uh, and approach groups that have an odd number. Because usually if it's an odd number, like it's three or five, there's usually one person out or whatever that you can quickly oh, engage. that's a great insight. I hadn't thought of that. Yes. I actually have a podcast episode and a paper about the ABCDEs of communication and it's really it's five steps to get you through that awkward small talk right and the first one is ask questions yes that's um, right but, but your point about approaching groups of, of odd, odd numbers. numbers there's always be an it's odd brilliant. person out because you know you're trying to have a conversation with three but if you're there's that odd person and you can you can see it they'll be standing there quietly or whatever and if you went up to them they would be forever you know yeah. thankful yeah, thanks that for you, saving me exactly Is there anything else you want to add, Sharon, about networking before we move on to the five rapid fire questions? Oh, that sounds like fun. (laughs) Just that, honestly, networking, it's really not about you. It's about the uh, the other person and taking a genuine and authentic interest in them and trying to help them. And that networking never stops. It is a Mm. lifelong skill. Like I said, not just for the career. It can be, like I said, something as simple as finding a plumber or a doctor or or whatever. It's it's it just never stops. It's not it's not just related to finding a job. That's right. Okay. Are you ready for the five rapid fire questions? I am. 
First question, what are your pet peeves? My pet peeve is people who are not lifetime learners. There's so much out there to learn, like in terms of technology, and that's the way the world is going. So I'm such a lifetime learner, I'm always curious, wanting to learn. So that's one. And number two are just people who are takers, who just are not genuine, who just take, 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 and it's all about them. I would say those are my two top pet peeves. So I have to ask you about the lifelong learner thing. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you're doing a, um, a search with, and you have a candidate and then it registers with you that they are not a lifelong learner. Have you ever called someone on that and said like, yes. buddy? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yes. Gosh. Well, I, I just take the facts. Yeah. I just, I, it's not like I'm trying to call them out. Yeah. You're a psychologist. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I yeah, am. Sometimes are. I truly feel like I am. Sometimes I actually find out more information than I really need to know. If yeah. You know what well, I mean? Well, me too with this job, actually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, question number two. What type of learner are you? Visual, auditory, kinesthetic, or some other kind of learner? Definitely visual. Definitely I have, visual. Yeah, I have to see it. I have to see it. I have to see it, see it and feel it. I'm definitely that type of learner. You can oh. talk to me and talk to me, and I just won't remember. But if I can touch it, feel it, see it. That's how I learned. I best. didn't know how you were going to answer that, but now that you've said it, I think that's true because you do comment on color and art a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Colors make me happy. Mm, me too. Yeah, and art. Beautiful art. Question number three, introvert or extrovert? Uh, do you want to guess? <laughs> <laughs> That's not obvious. <laughs> All right. Definitely an extrovert. Moving on. But I definitely get energy from people. Yeah, I can tell. I'm an energy giver so, so maybe versus a taker. And I have many people comment on that too. Yeah, I, it's true. I feel energy around you. Um, but here's maybe a more insightful question to ask you about that. Is there anything because you're an extrovert that you have to sort of work on or gauge within yourself? Yes, absolutely. That some people may not be as passionate about things as I am and not as action oriented as I am. So you just have to cut them some slack. Yeah, I have yeah. to slow down sometimes. Yeah. Huh. Like, you know, like, you know, just be more patient. These are words that I need to internalize myself. Okay. Question number four. Communication preference for personal conversations. Oh, definitely, like face-to-face. -face. If it's a serious conversation, face-to-face -face in person. Why? Sure. Because I, the body language, and I, it's about being genuine and authentic. And I think that if you can do that in person, you can see it. What about for casual conversation? Email slash text. Like Email if it's text. urgent text, if it's like a week or two out, I'm trying to plan dinners and stuff, like what, who's bringing what food, definitely email. Uh, so there's yeah. kind of a hierarchy there, right? In terms of urgency? You got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number five, podcast or blog or email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most? Of course, talk about talk. Of course. Do we need to ask that question? Not including talk about talk. Okay, well then maybe TED Talks. I love watching the ones and it's always about self-improvement or learning or getting better at something. Oh. Like I love watching those. It's like we have to make so many decisions. So I was, uh, top 10 is a favorite word in my vocabulary. Anyone who knows me, who travels with me, I, when we go to restaurants and stuff, I always say, what are your top three sellers? Not what you like, but what three items you sell the most of and never disappoint. So I don't want to make that decision because there's just so many decisions that we all have to make already. Right. And so that's sort of been like a standing joke amongst many of my colleagues and friends and stuff. Sharon's going to ask her, what are your top three sellers? Brilliant. And I'm never disappointed. That's a, that's a great insight. Yes. I like that advice. Yes. Thank you very, very much for sharing your advice and your time with us, Sharon. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, I hope you're inspired now to get out of your office, to get out of your house and go meet some real people in real life to grow your network.
Thanks again to Sharon Majin for sharing her networking advice and her energy. Now I'm going to briefly summarize three of the main points that Sharon brought up in this episode. The first point is about our networking mindset. The main point here is that networking is about an exchange. Sharon talks about reciprocality, and she says that networking is a mutual exchange of information, contacts, and ideas. Simply put, you have to offer something. It could be information about your firm, information about your industry, access to your network, or maybe helping someone brainstorm. Sharon says that the biggest mistake that people make when they're trying to network is that they don't offer anything in return. Selfish networking just doesn't work. This exchange mindset relates to another important point to keep in mind when you're networking. People are busy. No kidding, right? Of course they are. It's tough to get on people's calendars, and usually it's not personal. That's partly why the exchange point is so critical. What's in it for the other person? People are always weighing how they should be spending their time. And that brings me to the second main point. Effective networking means getting out to events, as in in real life, as in industry associations and events, conferences, cocktail parties, galas, and yes, the so-called networking events. These group events are definitely the most efficient way, and they can also be an effective way to network. Here's the thing. These events, sometimes with hundreds and maybe thousands of people, are efficient. You can spend 8 to 10 minutes with someone and move on. Instead of meeting with someone for coffee for an hour, if you're lucky enough to get on their calendar, you can meet with multiple people, all at one event. And as Sharon says, it's the hour before the main part of the event where the real networking happens. That's true, isn't it? But what if you're like many people and you can't stand the small talk? Well, Sharon and I both have advice for you here. And trust me, these tips really work. The first and most important point is that you actually don't have to do much talking. Just ask questions and listen. Asking questions and listening is like a small talk superpower. Asking questions and listening are also the first and the last point in the ABCDEs of communication that I introduced a few months ago. You can find a link to the podcast or the blog about the ABCDEs in the show notes. But let me give you the summary here. Whether you're at a cocktail party or an important meeting and you're feeling a bit awkward or self-conscious, just run through these ABCDEs in your mind. So A is ask questions. B is breathe, as in slow, deep breaths. C is act confident. Yes, act, even if you don't feel it. Just act confident. D, no distractions. Focus. Focus on why you're at this event or sitting at this table and what is it that you want to accomplish. Don't let yourself get distracted. And last, E, use your ears. Listen. You are more likable when you're listening more and talking less. Okay, got that? A, ask questions. B, breathe. C, act confident. D, no distractions. And E, use your ears. Trust me, this works. If you want to learn more about the ABCDEs of communication, you can find it all on the talkabouttalk.com website. Sharon also had another fantastic point about small talk that I'm personally going to try next week at a networking event that I'm going to. She encourages us to approach groups with an odd number of people, like say three or five people. Then you'll more easily integrate into the conversation. I love that point. It makes so much sense. 
I remember being at an event recently and looking at two groups of people and trying to decide which group to approach. This odd number tip makes a lot of sense and it's easy. Sharon also suggests that you go to these events with a friend. Your friend can bring up all of your amazing accomplishments without you sounding arrogant, right? They can also rescue you when you need to move on to talk to someone else. So bringing a friend is a great idea. But that said, if you go to a networking event with a friend or a group of people, don't take the easy way out and hang out with the people that you already know. Remember, your objective is to make new connections and strengthen other relationships. You definitely need to sit at a different table. Sharon said it drives her crazy to see people from one firm all seated at the same table. These in-real-life events also include industry associations that meet regularly. Sharon encourages us to volunteer for leadership roles. This helps us in terms of networking and establishing relationships. It also provides us with another line on our resume, right? Speaking of our resumes, the third and last point is that we all need to be using LinkedIn. Simply put, LinkedIn is a tool that will accelerate your networking. If you don't have a LinkedIn account, or if you have one but it's not updated, you need to understand LinkedIn has evolved from a job searching tool to a networking tool. It's kind of like a business card on steroids. LinkedIn is where you can provide all the details about you and your career that you want to share. There's also a photo so you can remember what people look like. And when you meet someone at an event, instead of giving them a business card, or maybe in addition to giving them a business card, you can connect with them immediately or after the event, or perhaps both via LinkedIn. And you can also reference mutual connections, which may further help you with your networking. So there you are, the three main takeaways from this episode. Your mindset, going to events in real life, and leveraging LinkedIn. I want to close by reminding you of something that Sharon mentioned a few times that I think is really important. Networking is a lifelong endeavor. It's not just for when you're looking for a job. When you're a student, a young employee, or if your career is well-established, we all need to get out of our comfort zones and network. As Sharon says, your network can be your competitive point of difference. You never stop networking. So, what was your favorite point here about networking? Do you have other ideas, other things you've tried? I'd really love to hear what you think about this episode, any ideas you have for future episodes, or anything else. You can email me at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I also hope you'll sign up for free communication coaching from me through the weekly Talk About Talk email blog. Just go to talkabouttalk.com and sign up, or you can email me directly and I'll add you to the list. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening and talk soon. 